This podcast is sponsored by Canaan Valley Spa and Wellness Center in Davis, West Virginia, a new destination in Canaan Valley. Go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more. Hello, everyone. I am like a little kid that's got a, gets to open up a Christmas gift today. So you'll have to you'll have to forgive my childlike exuberance. This is Dave Gold, co-host of the Exceptional Parents Extraordinary Challenges podcast, along with Angie Shockley, who is coming to us from someplace exotic. What part of the world is it today? Today, I am in Sandpoint, Idaho. And what are you going to be doing in Sandpoint, Idaho? I am doing a little bit of work. I'm actually also spending some time with some folks that I haven't seen since before 2020 because of our lovely friend COVID. And when I was coming out here for a little bit of business and a little bit of fun, my husband tagged along because he loves to ski. So he is skiing while I'm doing a little bit of work out here. Yeah, I talked with Kim earlier this week, so I knew. I just wanted to see if you're going to fess up to the fact that you actually might get some skiing in as well. Well, you're... I gave up skiing when my na- knees gave up oh. on me, so I'm not skiing at all. But <laughs> okay. I am thrilled to be spending time with some of my friends. That's awesome. Yeah, so I know one of them, and she's phenomenal. Yep. All right. So anyway, so normally, as you know, on this, those of you who have tuned in before and those of you who haven't will know now is we surprise each other with we take turns getting guests so we surprise each other with guesses and normally right when we get on we'll do some introductions to give some kind of, of preparation but in this case i decided i didn't want to do any preparations because today we are having actually i'm just gonna have oswaldo introduce himself and tell him what he does and then that'll be the kind of the big reveal so oswaldo no, introduce no yourself I know it's not fair, but you're a big boy. You can handle it. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I don't know what I'm going to say about me because I don't know myself. <laughs> uh, well, every day I am discovering something new that changes my perspective of what about new. I knew this about me yesterday, but now it's different. Am I now? So there, there's a word that we usually do to describe the body of wisdom that you know and that you practice. And so what would we call that body of wisdom? The part that I enjoy the most is I started when I turned 28 and I discovered that I am a shaman. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I just, <laughs> I was just a lost bullet in there and trying to find some place to, to identify with, but it was impossible. Until I turned 28, I I discovered this, and I took the path. I'm in this journey. I am in the path every single day of my life. So that's that's why that's the part that I really see that David smiles when I say my story about knowing that I didn't know that I was a child. <laughs> so I just thought it'd be so great to have a shaman's corner, just to shake things up. And actually thought quite a bit about this because I realize it's not our normal our normal MO. But there's a reason. I, and Oswaldo is, has been a friend of mine for years and has been a tremendous friend and resource, a shamanic resource, whatever that means for our family, for Julie and for me, and has worked with Abby. And actually some of the insights that I've had about Abby, the multi, the more subtle, have come from Oswaldo. And the reason that I wanted to have him on besides it just be fun is, Angie, you talk about, yes, I'm also a certified shamanic practitioner. And I think what people hear that says, see, she sings on Friday nights and she rides horses and she runs this. And it's it's just another bullet, another resume point. 
But I think the one I want to just bring out the powerful nature of that and what that really means and be able to discuss it with a someone from a different background, but the same with that same kind of title. Yeah. You probably figured out from Oswaldo is not from these here parts here in North Carolina. He's from Ecuador. So he has a different kind of that. But I wanted to, one, just be able to highlight that part of your life a little bit. And we can talk about how that relates. Because I just think it should be showcased as well as Oswaldo's brilliance. And then also, as we get more deeply into this, I think that one of the, and maybe we can, as we start to relate this more to the normal themes of the podcast, is that being a parent of a challenging child is one of the most disempowering things I've ever experienced. And it's very easy to feel disempowered because you have so little control and you push every lever you can possibly think of pushing and none of them seem to be connected to anything. And I think the way that in terms of the power that comes from what you have and the way that you're able to release that power in others, that it would be interesting at some point to touch on that as well, is how what you do and what you both know, how that can be helpful in empowering parents to reclaim their autonomy and the fullness of themselves in all parts of their life especially parenting. So that's how I was able to justify this. I think it's good. Let's see if it works or not. And I'm, yeah, this is very cool. So I'm looking forward to this conversation for sure. So it's almost, I'm the guest as well, which is fun. Yes, that's what it is. I think I I, I got my two shamans. I just got a shamanic corner (laughs) and I get to interview both of you about that. So I think maybe Oswaldo will start with you and give me, you mentioned at 28, if you can maybe start with what that term, what the shamanic term means in the, you know, the culture from which you come and the way that you practice it and what that looks, however, just to get people oriented, assume they, they've never heard this term before. They have some misconceptions about what it might be. Yes. And there is a huge spectrum about being a shaman, what people think about being a shaman. And um, basically, for me, being a shaman is uh, being in contact with my divine reality. That is the only thing that is real. And I had the opportunity to contact with an institution in Ecuador that works with shamans. It's in Carte. And uh, I'm connected to this church, Unity. Basically, it's not a church. It's a new thought movement. Uh, I enjoy a lot the teachings of the metaphysics. Of, and it's wonderful when I can put in practice with shamanism. So... Um, I created this idea and I took unity, especially the book of the 12 powers that talks about the inner power. And I took to the shamans in Ecuador and I created a class with 40 shamans. And it was, it's been fantastic the way that shamans in Ecuador and this school of shamans, shamanism, Andean medicine is uh, people is taking the information from, for unity. When, uh, when people think about shamans, they see some Native American or something with feathers and painting the face or something like that. And the same thing used to happen with, the, with me in Ecuador, but I'm a shaman. And not because I don't dress as a shaman, that means I'm not a shaman. It's just the way that I live is like a shaman. And what is the context of a shaman life is being able to understand things that do you, you don't see. So... <laughs> That's beautiful. So let me, yeah, let's, let's just, let me just put a pin in that and then take that over to you, Angie, and just respond or relate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's, and it is a discovering. It's a remembering who you are. And so it's, it's a journey I've been on my whole life from the time I was little. And I just didn't have language for it until the last probably 10 years of my life, really. I've had language for it. And it is, it's a, it's, there are abilities, there are things, there are skills, there, there are, 
things that I can do with people. And some of that is is because the natural ability I had or the natural power, intuitive way that I live my life got, I was able to get somebody to actually help me learn how to put that into a practice. Um, and so that is a way that I work with people. So it doesn't, it's not just one thing. It's if I'm coaching you, Dave, on, on Abby or your family, or I'm working with the parents of some of the young adults that are in my transitional living programs, or I'm coaching a friend of mine or whatever I'm doing, it's all based in the same indigenous healing techniques that allow me to step between the worlds to to live from my intuitive knowing versus that's beautiful. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, what's it like to live between worlds? And that's both of you. To look, first of all, do all of us live between worlds? Maybe that's one way to start. But what's it like for you to actually be consciously living between worlds? Is that something? Does that re- resonate with you, Oswaldo? <laughs> of course, because it's, when when I practice healings, I am able to visit different type of worlds because I have to visit the client world. Okay, where you are right now, that's a world, that's their own world. So I have to be there. It's not that you tell me where you are and I will figure it out. No, I got to be there. So then I can bring to the world your energy with the world belongs. Mm -hmm. And then once I see that you are in the world and now you belong, then I have to go back to my world because my world is not yours or mine. So yes, we are, we have the capacity to be jumping between worlds because some, sometimes we are in the deepest world. Sometimes I have clients that are very high worlds and hey, hello, we are in the middle. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Angie, Angie, you want to speak to that as well? It's the same. Like they're, yeah. It, that's, I love how you said it's about where your energy is. And if he's working with you, like bringing that in, whatever client we're working with, we have to know where their energy is, where their awareness is. And then it's such a, it's hard to put into words in, in words that most people are going to be able to really go, oh, okay, that makes sense to me because so much of it is very mystical and we are living in stepping outside of time as an arrow. We're stepping into linear time. And so it's understanding things from a different perspective. For me, I think that the perspective or the perceptual state that I'm using to get information is one of the most important parts of this process of stepping between the worlds, because depending on where you're looking from, that's going to determine what and how you see it and then what you're able to do with that information. And shamanic journeying or guided meditation, however, whatever language you want to put to that. Like when I'm working with someone, I'm taking that meditative journey into a different world to get the information I need to be able to make an adjustment, make a change, see what's there, what's ready to be seen, what's ready to be moved, those kinds of things. And so the, that, that perspective piece, I think is really important to the work that I do so that I'm seeing things. I'm not just seeing things from a very literal perspective, but I'm seeing them from the center of the universe or, or from somebody's soul's journey. How is this going to impact somebody on their soul's journey? Everybody's on a journey. And so how is this going to impact and how do I help to adjust or give them information so that they can adjust? And I feel it's, yes, I've spent a lot of time and I'm sure that you too have spent a lot of time Oswaldo, on learning and training and practicing and building and creating and all of these things that we do so that we can help other people through their healing journey. But I feel like most of the time I'm more of a hollow bone 
with the ability to share the right information or the right change for somebody or moving something for somebody. And I'm, and it's those forces greater than us working through me, whether that's our ancestral lineage, our, our shamanic ancestors, the spirit of the universe, whatever language we want to put to it. I often feel that that that's because you've asked me like, how do you know what to say so quickly? And it's not because my logical brain is going, oh, this is happening. So let me say this. And then this is what's going to happen. At It's not that at all. It's a very indigenous process of information coming in, a download or being a hollow bone so that what needs to be said, what needs to be heard is happening through me. Wow. So before I want to put this back to Oswaldo, because he's, I feel like I just get to, I get to be a fly on the wall of some conversation that I with you people from other worlds. If you're just tuning in, or if you're hearing anything, what does this have to do with parenting? Just suspend your disbelief. All I can say is suspend your disbelief for a bit, if there's disbelief or whatever. Because what I know from both of these incredible people is the practical, the practicality of what you've brought into my life. I can speak for myself and others. Speaks for itself. It's not, oh, this is just some crazy idea and I'm dancing over there, but that there's an incredibly practical element of being able to be between these worlds and still give very practical advice to people who feel rooted in this one. So I just want everyone just bear with this. If, if this resonates great, if it doesn't just be patient because there's something really quite beautiful that's unfolding here. So with that, I'm going to step out of the way and Oswaldo lets you just respond. All I'm going to say is, what do you think? What do you think? Cause I don't belong in this conversation, but to, if you can remember what Angie said before I went off into my fugue. I really understand what Angie says because judgment is the basic key in order to be successful in the mission of helping someone. Because uh, at the beginning, somebody said that I am a shaman. I thought that I am next Jesus version. Oh my God. I came to save the world. <laughs> so that was awful. That was terrible. I tried to help people that they didn't want to be helped. I start judging people that they are doing wrong and you have to do this, you have to do that. And then vanity was all over the place. And I felt that I have the power until life took me to the places that I visit darkness many times i had these dark experiences and then i realized not the way that i think it is uh, the basic key for all of this uh, shaman stuff is surrender it's not about me at all it's not about taking the person to the next level that i think that person should be no it's just being so absent of myself that i need to read your energy and divine energy that belongs to you without thinking that I am the one who's taking you. Complete absence of myself. This is how it works. And then I start putting that in my life because I had, I was experiencing some situations in my house. So I was the light of the street and the darkness in the house because, hey, I am the shaman here. I am your father. So my kid says, um, you're my dad, that's it. <laughs> so, you see? And same thing happened with my wife. She told me, hey, I'm not one of your clients. I'm your wife. I didn't ask you for your support or your meditation or your guidance. You are my wife, my husband. To create that status in my, in, in, I said, I just want to be that one that gets everything in the place. I am father. I am the provider. I am the husband. Doesn't matter the title that I have, but I am a shaman for me. It's not for you. It's for me. So then, let me tell you, it's been a spectacular transformation in my life. Peace is in me. Judgment comes just, and my son, I have a teenager. He is 19 years old. 
And he comes and kisses my head, hugs me. He says, I love you more than anything in my life. And then he left. And we never had a fight. Sometimes I fight with my wife because I love reconciliations. That's the only reason. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> other than that, is is being able to be present without uh, being the one who decides where we go because I'm the shaman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I am the shaman for my life, for my job, for when I send the bill, I am the shaman. But otherwise, I'm just a normal person in my life. And I love how Angie sees all of these things because it's hard to find people be because I'm sort of shamans and they think that they come to save. Mm -hmm. I came to save the forest. I came to save the... You didn't come to save anything because <laughs> the world doesn't need you. You need the space to so you can understand yourself, you see. so. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the invitation and nice seeing you and tell you the yeah. truth. It's, it's nice having that feedback from your energy. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode of Exceptional Parents and Extraordinary Challenges is being brought to you by Mindfully Aware. Mindfully Aware is my company. And through Mindfully Aware, we offer services for folks who are looking for ways to find healing in their lives or looking for ways to just live a more intentional life and finding true purpose and meaning. So if you're interested in the services, you can visit our website, livingmindfullyaware.com. You can also reach out to me directly, mindfulangie at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. And it's interesting how you talked about that, the ego that can come into play with all of this. And it is a dangerous road. And I do see people go down that road sometimes. For me, when I was younger, it was almost, it was scary to me what I knew and didn't know how I knew it, but I knew it. And I didn't know what to do with it. And so I like hid from it for a long time. And it's not like I had a superpower that nobody else could see. It wasn't like that. It was that I had this level of understanding and self-awareness that people my age when I was young didn't have. And so I knew I was different. And when you're 12, 13 years old, being different is not a good thing. You don't want to be different. You want to just be like everybody else. And so I had now that I have the perspective that I have and I can look back on it, I understand why I chose to hide who I was and try to be like everybody else, and which took me down some ugly paths for a while. And then it's that level of self-awareness that comes around to bite you almost, but yet you choose not to know. And that's even harder, I think. That's a path that's a really hard one to go down. And then years later, when I'm actually doing the work, and my teacher's here in Sandpoint, I actually, that's one of the reasons I'm here. I got to spend some time with her, which was really great because I had not seen her since before COVID. So that was really wonderful for me. But to have someone who can guide you to understanding that piece, I think is just critical because it's, it, no, it's not about my job is to save somebody else. That's not what it is at all. It's how I live my life. It's how I walk in this world. It's how I hold the world. And I know that the world holds me and I can't fill my life with all of the like power that you can't live from ego in this, in the, on this journey. If you live from ego on this journey, then you're not on the journey. You're just not. And so I have always been someone who's been a helper. I've always helped other people. Even when I was little and Dave knows this story, but my mom would always make a huge dinner 
because she never knew how many people I was going to get off the school bus <laughs> with me coming home from school. I wasn't sure they had dinner, mom, or this one doesn't like being at home. Or, and when I look back and I know a lot of those people now as adults, and I was saving them from some pretty horrible things by having them come eat dinner at my house. It's always been something that I've done and I've done it in many different ways. It's been my career. It's been my passion my whole life. But learning to do it from outside of that place of ego, from doing it through that place of channeling and living my life in that way, man, it's Dave, you and I talk about the unholy trinity. When you live from ego or you have that power or that need for power because you're the shaman, so your kids have to do what you say, your husband has to do what you say, everyone needs to do what you say, you're in that triangle so deeply mired as everybody's persecutor or rescuer and then feeling victim of the world because nobody's listening to you and you have all the information. So for those people who go, oh, she's a shaman, that must be great. It's not been an easy journey to have this level of awareness. And said the word surrender, it's the greatest freedom. Surrender is the greatest freedom you ever experience is when you surrender to knowing that the journey is perfect and will be for the highest good of all, even when it's hard. And okay, that's good. So yeah, go ahead. Dave. I, no, I got to put my hat back on. I'm a co-host of a podcast about parenting. So I want to <laughs> bring, and I want to bring this back to, I'll call it the rest of us, but I don't think there's no rest of us. We're all magicians and I, we all know that, but for those of us, those out who want to pretend they're not. So practically, because we've hit on topics that we've been talking, you and I've been talking about for months now, Oswaldo, for you as well. What does this have to do with how everyone can, you know, how every universal truths about how one can live their life in freedom, empowered, aligned, and maybe particularly with parenting to the journey that their child is on and they are on as well. So either one of you could start fielding that one. That question is so easy to answer, Angie. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Batty, it's practice so, fastball. That's my job. Just lob them over the plate so you guys get in them out of the park and sound smart. <laughs> go ahead. Angie, please go ahead. And then um, I follow you. So if I had to if just come up with the one piece of advice or the one concept that answers that question, I have to go with awareness. Because everybody has that gut feeling. Everybody has that intuitive knowing. And... We tend to fight against that. We tend to go with our logical thinking, our ego-based thinking. So as a parent, when I'm working with parents who are trying to save their kids or save their kids from something, or really are so focused on wanting their kids to be happy, there's a deeper, there's a deeper level of knowing in that situation. And when we push that deeper level of knowing away because the our culture or our church or our family, whatever system tells us that things should be done a certain way and our kid doesn't fit that way, then we push our own intuitive knowing away to fit into that whatever that prescribed belief system is that may not be real. It may be based on something that doesn't resonate with me or my child or my family. And so building awareness and learning to have to be self-referencing that you don't need 300 people to tell you're being a good parent if you're doing the best you can for your child. So building that awareness, I think, is one of the most important things that's going to help a parent feel empowered and be able to surrender to the journey. So I'm going to want awareness. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to put a final, again, because a lot of times what happens is you say something so brilliant that I'm afraid they haven't. I just, that when you are aligning yourself with others' expectations, 
you are over you may be overriding your own inner knowing yeah great way okay. to say it. yeah uh, all right over to you Oswaldo. and i've been married three times and i have four kids three of my own and one that comes with the last combo <laughs> i love that the thing is i don't have let's say, a pattern of how it's going to be. Because my father divorced my mother without knowing that she was pregnant with me. And then I grew up with my grandmother, with another grandmother, with my aunt, with that. So the first thing that I said when I was young, I said, I'm never going to get divorced because that's not good. Because if I have a son or if I have a daughter, I don't want those to grow like I grow up. And then I pregnant my pregnant my 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 girlfriend, and then we become parents. Okay, so we get married, and we try to do the right things, but then I came to the United States first time in 1994, and six months after that, she says, you know what, Osvaldo, I don't love you anymore. You have nothing to offer in my life, so I let you go. I say, hey, come on, I promise not to get, a, not to divorce because we want the kid. No, it's not up to you, it's up to me too. So then I said, hey man, I'm doing the same thing that my father did. My father divorced five times. So he never learned that thing. I'm going to do the same thing. Why? I, I don't want this. I want to be with that woman, with my kids. And then I marry again. And the second time that I get divorced is because when I discovered that I am a shaman, and I said, hey, good news, I am a shaman. I have this connection with the spirit and never these things. And she said, what? You crazy? You are my husband. You are a businessman. You need to provide us and forget about the stupid things about being shamans. Blah, 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 blah. So I said, uh-uh. He comes trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot choose because she said, take the shaman, shamanism or my life. And I said, shamanism. I took shamanism. So I get divorced again. So I said, come on, what is this about? I didn't want to repeat these patterns. I didn't want to abandon my kids, but that's is happening without me wanting. So I didn't want to get married again. However, I met this woman and I said, wow, what is this about? And then I started studying, of course, life, studying consciousness, getting deep into these teachings and Hawaiian teachings. I love these teachings. I said, no wonder I am doing the same thing. My paradigms, my consciousness, my thoughts are the reason, blah, 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 blah. my parents, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, so what am I going to do right now? So I'm going to break all the parents. I'm going to create something new for my kids. Okay, what is the first thing that I'm going to do is let them free, let them go. Not that I don't care. I realized that my kids are not the thing that the seeds, it comes with its own potential. So what I did is to tell to myself, you know what, Osvaldo, Daniel, that is your last son, your teenager, doesn't need you to be over him trying to save his life. You know, those parents that say that because I love you and I know what is the best for you, I want you to do this. So my father once told me the only thing that is going to save my soul, my life is to make money. And for that, he wants me to be an Indian. I have in total 11 brothers. And let me tell you, 75% of those brothers and sisters are engineers. I am the only cuckoo shaman that is being <laughs> searching this life. And my father and my mother said, the only son that I know is happy is the one that has no profession and he doesn't live around us. He lives alone in North Carolina. The thing is, if I don't follow this thing that I call my talent, my life, I will be lost. So something happened with my kids. I always tell them, you know what? If you don't, if you want to be 
who puts things together in the supermarket and you love that, go ahead, do it. So whatever you feel fulfills your soul, go ahead and do it. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. My only work for you is to create a safe space for you so you can grow. That's it. Because All right, hold on, Oswaldo. Wait a second, hold on. That was it. You nailed it. Hold on. I don't want to get lost. Just so, Angie, just play off that if you would. That is 100% the message. So if I even just... Of course, you really don't take off hats. You just wear a hat and it just all of the roles play under that hat. But when I am talking with parents specifically, that is 100% the message that I'm giving them is you've raised this child, you've birthed this child, you've provided this child for with whatever foundation, whatever the experience has been. It, some of it's been great, some of it's been bad, and some of it's been fun, and some of it's been hard, whatever it is. And then it's that releasing, it's that letting go. That is what allows a child to become an individual in the world. They're all, every kid I've ever worked with is pushing against parents and pushing against those constraints because that's what we're supposed to do. That's how we, that's how we find our, ourselves and find our own place in the world. And so there is that releasing and, and it's, and some of what you're talking about with your father and the, and everybody be an engineer because you'll make the money. That's such a common theme with parents. And it's so fear-based and you understand it. Like it comes from a place of love and caring. Like you, Your dad wanted you to be able to provide for yourself for a family and take care of yourself and not be in a position where you couldn't, which is a wonderful thing for a parent to want for any child. I want that for my kids. I've got four, two and two. So I get the process and three divorces, two, sorry, two divorces. Still oh my God, that, that's still good. That, did you hear this? She's already written you off. Two, two divorces. Like, that's so, so clear. You know, similar path when this marriage is a true partnership, which we could probably have a whole podcast just on how we got to there, because that's also part of this knowing thing, this intuitiveness and how you don't pay attention to it. But that parenting thing is, is the true love for somebody, truly unconditional love is releasing and letting go and allowing that seed to grow and become whatever it's going to be, grocery store clerk, engineer, shaman, whatever, musician, magician, you name it, whatever it's going to be, it's that allowing that path to take to that soul's journey to grow the way that it can because we can put we can be the like the bumpers for our kids as they're growing. But we don't have the ability to come in real tight on them and go, okay, you will go here like that. They're going to fight back against that if that's not their soul's journey. So I think that releasing is really important. And I think what's so great, and there's just, I'm just having so much fun here. I keep looking at the clock and saying, don't move to the next minute. I don't want to lose you too. And I was always said, you let go from the beginning. You let go, you started from letting go. And for most of us, and I'll speak for myself, despite all my spiritual letting go training, Life had to pry my fingers off my daughter's destiny. One one finger, one trauma at a time. And I think how lucky it is to get this advice. And not only advice, but if I, and I know his family. It's a beautiful family. And he nailed it the third time around. He, Marlene is a saint. I don't know how. She's just phenomenal. But And, and, I've, and all, every one of his kids, the kids I've met are just phenomenal. How it's, let's get the message quicker. Quicker that we let go, the less life's got to pound our fingers till we let go. Yeah. That's David. One thing that we must be completely clear is that we don't own them. They are not ours. We have to pay for them, pay education, pay everything, but we don't owe them. That's the most magic thing in all of this. And I don't have to expect that they love me back. No. I always say in order to fight, we need to 
in order to love just one, and that one can be me. So don't worry about it. I will be the one who puts love here and let's see what goes from there. I don't ask my kids anything. And everything that they give it to me is wonderful. I don't have expectations. I love them and that's it. And that is, for me, it's been the most efficient way to practice unconditional love. Because of course they do things that, oh, and then <laughs> here comes the opportunity. Because what I see is that everything I see as opportunity to practice something, to practice faith, to practice wisdom, to practice love, to practice something that it will bring light to my and our lives. So, as I said when I met David, I said, David, the thing that you need right now is order. Yeah. So, order is the word, the key word in my life when I said, you know what, that thing is not in the right place. Uh-uh. If that thing is there, it belongs to it. So now you contact with that and check it out if you can put it in different level, if it has to be there or just leave it like that. So sometimes when I feel my kids, especially my last one, when I feel him like we are, I go to his room and I ask him, do you have five minutes? Of course that. I close the door. I go to the bed and I say, what about what are you feeling right now? And he says, how you know that I'm feeling this? Because I am your father. I know you. So same thing when you were a little one, you were pooped. And I ask, are you pooped? And you say, no. <laughs> it's the same thing. How I know because of the smell. So I know you. And I don't want to interfere with anything in your life. But I just want you to let you know that I am here. So whatever it is, just spell that. Okay. So we have that type of trust. that. For me, it, it, he doesn't feel that I own him, that he has to do something with me. And that's the freedom that we have. Yeah, Angie's over to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that I say on this podcast all the time is that parental love is unconditional, but parental support is not. And I think when you say that you have the expectation or no expectation, you just have love for your children and you don't even have the expectation of them loving you back. That is such a an important concept, I think, for parents, because again, parents are very fear-based. It's fear of what's going to happen to their kid or fear if they're going to make a mistake or fear if they take them in the wrong direction. It's so fear-based. And as shamans, that's something that we come to terms with. We're not even stalked by death in this journey. We've done the work so that fear is not what what motivates us on a day-to-day basis. It's something totally different. And so parents, that's something parents can learn from shamanism is understanding that the journey is perfect and that you're going to love your kid no matter what. When they're making you pull your hair out, when they are laying in the bed and you know something's going on, they don't want to talk to you about it. My my daughter and my son both are older and in their own lives right now. But when they were teenagers, both of them at separate times said, I'm just telling you this. I don't want you to fix it. I just want you, they were basically asking me to be a witness and hold space. That's all they wanted from me. And that was such an eye-opening thing for me as a parent. And then with this work being a shaman, it's, that's my job. That's That should be my focus, my expectation is to hold space and be a witness. And there, there are going to be times that I can do things or provide information or shift awareness or move some density or whatever it is I'm doing. But my main focus is to be a witness and to hold space. And to be with that person in that space. And I think that's important for parents too, 
is just understanding just being there sometimes is the greatest gift that you can give. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to change it. You don't need to judge it. You don't need to create expectations around it. You just need to be there and allow. And that's that surrender piece, that letting go. Just be there and allow because that journey is going to continue no matter what. And I think another concept, and this just came in really strongly, but another concept from shamanism shamanism is that we get the opportunity. You talked about it. There's the opportunity. We will get the opportunity to learn the lesson we need to learn until we learn it until we integrate the gift and we're able to move through that, right? That happens with parenting. We're going to continue to get the opportunity to learn until we truly do, until we truly make that shift. And the same thing is true for our children. From the time that they're little until the time that they're out into the world, they're still our children. That bond, is it's always there. The little kid is going to touch the hot burner until he realizes the burner's hot and he's not going to touch it anymore. And that process happens throughout our lives. We will keep being presented with the opportunity to learn, gain the gift and move through and experience until we do. And those experiences can get harder and harder. And so what I see happening with parents a lot of the time is they put the brakes on because of fear. Opportunity to learn that letting go lesson happens. And instead of letting go, they grip on harder. And so then the next time that opportunity comes up, it's going to be a little bit harder part of the journey. But you're going to keep getting that opportunity to let go, to release, to surrender and know that you don't own that child. That's a great way to say it. We do not own our children. We love our children. We pay for them. We provide for them, but we don't own them. And we're not in charge of creating their lives. They are. That is their journey. And so being aware of when the hard things happen, that's the opportunity to learn whatever it is that you need to learn in that moment. And so being open to that lesson instead of trying to control it, I think is really important for parents. And, you know, putting everything together, of course, we want our kids to do very good, to have nice lives, but I cannot teach them that, but I can get it by myself. So they will see it. Uh, That's the only way that I can get them to do because they see me doing it. And I'm not telling them, hey, do as I do. No, I am doing it. And as I don't have anything heavy over their shoulders, hey, look at me, I am doing this. What are you doing? No, I'm just doing it. So I said to my kid, you know, mijo, your only job is to study. I will provide for your time, for your car, for your money. That's my job. Yours is to be a good student. Because you're not going to work in any other place making money. Because if you want money, just put your attention in money and money will bring to you. Okay. So he feels that. He feels my confidence. Why? Because I am connected to something that I know someday he will be connected in the same way too. He's already connected, but he doesn't understand the connection. A shaman, I can understand. It's by doing myself that they learn how to do it. It's not that, hey, you have to do this, you have. It's by example that um, they get the information and get the motivation to to do it. Yeah. So it, I, it, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I just wanted to take it to something that it's, it'd be easy to listen to this thing. Oh my God, those people are way up here. And we're talking, that sounds, that sounds great on paper, but how does it work on the work, work out of the field? And what I want to ask both of you is, is made it clear that everyone has this knowing. This is not exclusively the province of shamans or whatever. How do you both 
help people come into knowing of their knowing? For me, the answer is they have to do their own work. It's giving them the opportunity to do their own work. It's not something that I can do for them or to them to create that. It's giving them the opportunity to do their own work. So that the only way that we can access the higher levels of awareness is to move away all the stuff, the sludge that our soul carries so that we have access to that. And so facilitating that, giving them the opportunity to do their own work, and then helping them to see how to do that in the role of a parent, that's where I go with it. They've got to do their own work. But that knowing is there. It's just sludged over. Yeah. Definitely is. They have everything there. We just need to create a safe space where they can grow. We are just the gardeners and everything else is there. Same thing happened with us. We need to get out of the, our own way. So the same thing happened with them. Yeah. So we're getting towards the end of the hour here. And I just, just want to give you both, just give you the mic and say, what do you want to leave? What do you want to leave? Or Because I think this is such a priceless, I get hyperbolic. It's such a valuable opportunity to have this kind of configuration of people together talking like this kind of ease and openness and wisdom. Oswaldo, what is it that you, is there anything you want to leave people with? I remember that I had this client, she came with her daughter and she gave me a list of the things that the daughter was doing. And I said, you know what, it's not about your daughter, it's about you. So let's work with you. So anything that you see that your kids are not doing right, just check on you. You are the source. You are the beginning and you are the end. Everything happens in your life. So what happened with your kids is part of your life. So check that in here. Wow. Is he talking my tune or what? I mean, our <laughs> tune, that is beautiful. Yeah. Good. Angie? I do think that's really important for parents to see. And it can be really hard to hear that sometimes, but the battle is always within. It's never without. And so whatever is being reflected back to you is definitely something for you, for us, for each of us to look at. Because when we move that, when we heal that, then it trickles out. And I just also want to say what you were talking about earlier, Oswaldo, about as a parent does it, then it the it happens for the child. Like he's going to do it because he sees you doing it, that kind of thing. We talk about the parallel process with our parents all the time. That's what I'm talking about with the parallel process is whatever you're doing as a parent, your child is going to do in one form or another will happen. And so if you live fear-based, your child's going to live fear-based. If you live passionately, your child's going to live passionately. And you don't get to take that down to the details of what the passion is. It's just live passionately and do those things that feed your soul and watch your child do that same thing. And then give your child the freedom to feed his or her soul, not how you think it should be, but how they want to feed their soul. Give them that freedom. That's the greatest gift. Wow. This one belongs in the Smithsonian. So I as well, so you have two incredible resources here and people have been incredibly helpful to me. And I've watched them I think it was helpful, foundationally helpful for me and for others as well. So as well, if people want to know more about you or contact you or whatever, what's the best way? We'll put your information in the show notes. Is there any connection you want to give them here? Any way to connect with you? I think the best way is to go to send me an email with my name, Oswaldo Mora at att.net. That's OSW. It's just sounds in a way O S W A L D O Moro, M O R A, right? Yeah. Oswaldo Mora. And again, we'll put that in the show notes as well. And I can tell you that Oswaldo is every bit as charming and as accessible and as 
just sometimes hilarious as he has been today. And I, and I want to thank you just not for being here, but also for everything. Anything you've been able to do with my daughter, there's you've given me some insight and worked directly energetically with her at times that would be really terrific. Angie, they, everybody knows how to find you. <laughs> yeah, you're hard yeah. to miss. Yeah, so is there anything you want? I'll, I'm going to pass this over to you to close this out since I got to play host by myself today. I want to say thank you for this surprise, it was a great surprise. And Oswaldo, it's so very nice to meet you here. And I know our paths Likewise. Continue to connect, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I just um, appreciate this surprise a lot. Happy with this episode, and hope our listeners have been able to take something from this. And I would just encourage you to reach out and ask the questions that you have, because when you start the conversation, that's when the magic can happen. So don't let fear stop you. Uh-huh. All right, we'll see you next week. With uh, it's Angie's turn to surprise me. She's going to have to really pull something out to beat this, but I, I, I don't <laughs> doubt challenge. she will. The challenge right. is there. all right everyone thank you very much and i hope you're not the last one (laughs) canaan valley spa is a world-class destination in davis west virginia providing an experience of wellness and comfort to visitors go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more